curiosity not only killed the cat, it spawned a whole radio show. Graham Hill's Weekend Variety Wireless on Radio Live. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Weekend Variety Wireless, the Sunday edition. The feature interview this evening, I suppose, if we call it that, well, I just did. The author of a book called Addicted? Question mark. How addiction affects every one of us and what we can do about it. It's not got a cover with a bright white toothed person looking as though their life's perfectly organised. This person has run the Knopfs Foundation in Australia and they save many lives. Uh, Matt Knopfs and Kieran Palmer are the authors. That's enough of the technicalities. It will explode a few myths and also it contains really uh, interesting, detailed, heartfelt personal testimonies. Because addicts are the pariahs of society, I've noticed this barely human, even sometimes to family and friends, sadly. I notice it when you have a look at the smokers area at your local workplace. You don't get any treatment. They don't clean it. They don't care. You filthy, awful smokers go over there in the rain. We might empty your rubbish. I don't know. Next month, I cleaned the smokers area around our place at, um, at MediaWorks out in the rain. Um, but the thing is, I honestly believe that one day, one day in the future, maybe a three, four hundred years in the future, there will be a statue to the unknown smoker. What you say? You recoil? What? Think of the tax. Think of the tax take that the government levers on people's addictions. The smokers build the schools and the roads. They die early. They don't take the big tax take at the end. They just look awful and they smell awful and that's enough. Um, the Addicted book uh, addresses all such sort of things. It's a fascinating read. Tune in around about the 10.30 mark. Also, Ewan McCabe is back for more stories from the World Cup. Oh, some marvellous stuff. Um, and it's been very, very exciting. Um, the, he will delve into the history of some of the great scandals that have happened in the World Cup and just crazy stuff. Good evening. The game you're about to see is the most stupid, appalling, disgusting and disgraceful exhibition of football possibly in the history of the game. Chile versus Italy. This is the first time the two countries have met. We hope it will be the last. The national motto of Chile reads, by reason or by force. Today, the Chileans were prepared to be reasonable. The Italians only use force. From 1962. Ewan's book is called World Cup Baby. It's the best, one of the best books on football I've read, full stop. And he's a New Zealander, and it's about the World Cup. I'm not talking it up just to get you to have a listen to him uh, after, when the hell is he on? Um, around about the 9.30 mark. Uh, it's just a gorgeous read. 
um, I'm going to buy a copy of him. You can too. But I, the reason I'm going to throw him 30 bucks for a copy is because at some stage we'll have a short game of Truth or Cup Sequences where I'll make statements about the World Cup of Football and you just have to say whether it's true or false. Don't know how many questions will uh, line up, but uh, we'll do that at some stage and give away a copy of his book. I don't want him to um, fetch one out of the cupboard and not get paid for it. It's a cracking read. All right. Uh, Skeptical thoughts after nine o'clock. Media stick with Tama Munk, straining at the leash, ready to go. Um, Dancing with the Stars is on TV right now. It's one of those radio rules. Don't tell people if there's something that they might want to watch on TV. But there's something I might want to watch on TV. I'd I'd rather give people the opportunity. Dancing with the Stars and Di Henwood is dancing in a white singlet with a red bandana. He kind of looks like a small Peter Fitzsimons, doesn't he? At this particular stage, he's doing interpretive dance. Um, that's very much... Is that Jose Limon or Martha Graham? I'm not sure. <coughs> Perhaps Merce Cunningham. We could just commentate it, Graham. Why don't we? For the next 20 minutes. Yeah. Lady in the red dress, don't know who she is. I'm, don't Sharon Casey. Sharon. Shazza. Yeah. Yeah, she's marvellous, isn't she? She's got one of those dresses off the shoulder types that looks like a boob tube with something else hanging down the bottom. What happens tonight? This is the big night, isn't it? It's the big finale. Yeah. So there's a winner. Is and they a... get a trophy that is a disco ball. Awesome. Is there a penalty dance-off if yeah. they draw or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a penalty dance-off regardless. And then it's all 100% public vote. All right. So... So they've all done a dance, and I think, I, I, look, I actually, I missed it, because obviously I was coming here. Yeah. Um, I'm deeply uh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and the judges give their, so the way it's worked for the rest of the season, the judges give their, their scores, and then that, that score is weighted with pu- the public vote. So it's 50-50. Right. Tonight, Graham. it's 100% public It's vote. 100%? Yeah. Is our friend David Seymour still in there? Gone. Oh, God, is he? Yeah, gone. Oh, I thought the trick was that um, 800,000 14-year-olds were keeping him in just for kind of like torture. Yeah, I think that their phones got confiscated off them last week. Oh, I see. Okay, I don't know who's dancing now then. No, no. I'd I'd be a hopeless... Chris Harris, you know Chris Harris. Chris Harris, oh, yes. Master of the dibbly-dobbly. Tremendous fielder. There you go. Uh, John T. Rhodes, with less talent. Sam Hayes, you know who she is? Of the She's that's that oh, Sam. She works here. Yeah, I see works. her around the office. Yeah. She's in it. Far out. She's tipped to. They're, they're actually tipped to win. And uh, Jess I Quinn. I must tune in. Yeah, you should pay attention, <laughs> Graham. And Jess Quinn, who you won't know. Okay. All right. He's known as an influencer. Well, is that right? That's what they call them these days. Graham. Oh, someone who's got lots of subscribers Social. on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, all right. Well, strangely enough, uh, this evening, speaking of YouTube, uh, it's where a lot of social discourse goes on, and uh, you and I both were thinking tonight, gosh, it's a big slap this evening for the Social Justice Warrior Brigade, mm. um, and it's, this isn't anything we've organised. They've kind of pointed towards themselves a bit, haven't it's they? It's just happened. It just all happened in the last week, yeah. I think. Yeah, it did. Uh, We'll take a short break and we'll come back with what we have to say about that. And also, I am not kidding you, the stupidest question I have ever heard posed by a journalist ever. Um, So, yeah, stay tuned for that. Douglas Murray 
Uh, he gives the social justice warriors a bit of a slap. He's a social commentator mm. and, and, and author in the United Kingdom. He's coming here in August. There'll be protests, I'm sure, because he says things like this. Uh, where are you, Douglas? The amazing question which hovers over Yale University is why do the adults sit and take it Somebody needs to say to the shrieking girl who's effing and blinding at her professor, you know what? You're not at a home. This is not a home for you. It's a university. It's a very different thing. And what's more, if you cannot cope with Halloween costumes, then you've got no place at a university because you're going to have no chance of dealing with quantum physics or Shakespeare, or Heidegger, if Halloween spooks you out this much. <laughs> you're a useless person, and you're going to go into a useless career, because if you're a lawyer, and you have gone to Yale, but you're too sensitive to hear about rape cases, you're not going to be able to represent anyone in a court of law. So you're no use for the law. You're no use for literature, because you might read a novel which will trigger you. You're no use for the sciences. You're no use for anything. They should be telling the kids to grow up. Life, the universe, and everything in between. Graham Hill's Weekend Variety Wireless on Radio Live. You're mad for Shaggy though, aren't you? One of the frustrations of life is never finding precisely the pornography you want. Well, it's true. DK, face picked up an ED? I don't want to jump to conclusions of the history in case we miss it. Sorry? Yeah, exactly. TK has stopped mumbling, though. I'm taking credit for that, you and I. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I'd just like to put out, point out that Chris Harris is on the telly. I think he's wearing eyeliner, Graham. I think he is, too. And he's got a bit of the Michael Laws going on. Oh, good God, he's got full eyeliner on. It's like a bald Alice Cooper. Yeah. Isn't it? It is. It's a bald Alice Cooper in a With black a tan, singlet. Though. With a tan. In a black shimmy. Uh, okay, all right. Well, that's that's the latest. That's, that. up, that's the latest yeah. update. Commentating. So he's still in. He's still in. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. He, he's fielding at um, at point, I think, at the moment. So <laughs> he could catch one there. Okay, I'll keep you waiting no longer. The stupidest question I've heard from a journalist in a long, long, long time. I don't know of a stupider one. Germany were knocked out of the World Cup in the group stage. That was the most unexpected of all unexpected things. Even I knew it was an unexpected. Yeah. It's, I don't even know anything, and I knew it was unexpected. The people, strangely, aren't blaming Russian bots, but mm. um, they may as well. It was that nutty. Germany B could have won, could Should've. have won this World Cup. Yeah. Uh, they are that good of a side, but they didn't get it together, and they went out. It was the biggest shock of all shocks, just so unexpected. What was it? I think it was unexpected, wasn't it? Mm. You got the impression it was yeah. unexpected? Yeah. Well, these fans out in Russia were certainly inconsolable. No, I just want to cry. This is the BBC journalist on the streets of somewhere in Russia. It's just Germany, actually so, on the streets of Germany. I mean, I hope in, my, in uh, Germany and uh, and it's too bad. I, I don't know what to say. But Korea was really good for, for this game. Did you expect this? Of course not. <laughs> Seriously. He's got one thing to do, really. Go out there and ask German fans who are heartbroken at this most unexpected of all results. And 
sees the person actually crying, saying it was just so unexpected, and asks. Did you expect this? Did you expect this? Mm. Mm. All right, that's over and done with. Mm. That was from the BBC. Okay. Um, <laughs> Shite journalism from the BBC. You could have a segment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, the big story from this week, let's rip into it. Uh, Matt Heath and Jeremy Wells on their breakfast show with Simon Bridges. Mm. Um, Simon Bridges just went off half-cocked. This was late last week, obviously, off the back of um, our Prime Minister. Jacinda having a baby. Ardern, having a baby. Uh, I think that he just seemed to think that he could fly under the radar with this interview. I mean, he basically said, nobody's going to care what I could do anything in the next two weeks and nobody cares. Yeah. Mm, not quite right. Not quite. But any case, here's how it went down at the time on the Horaki Breakfast Show. It's a great pleasure to welcome... Uh, the uh, opposition leader Simon Bridges to the Matt and Jerry show. Obviously, Clark <laughs> Gayford and Jacinda Ardern having their baby uh, last night. A new baby girl. Do you hate the baby? <laughs> um, you know, look, I don't, I don't think it's going to do a lot to help my poll ratings. Let's put it this way, but you know, I don't hate it. Hate's a strong word. Her, I should say her. Well, I wish her all the best. But how politically correct having a female baby? You've got to say. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly right. Only under a Labour government, man. Yeah. I've got two boys and a girl, but, you know, the, yeah, I know what you're saying. Well, a lot of people are saying that maybe this baby might be gender, should have been gender fluid um, <laughs> and uh, straight under the, born under the rainbow flag and then wait until the baby's a little bit older and then the baby gets to choose its gender. I mean, in the current climate... You can't be forcing well, genders on people. You right. can't be forcing genders on people. I'm going to refer to it as a thing. And, like, basically, she should be going to school when she goes to school, like, in boys' clothes, right? Yeah, absolutely. And also, how much has this baby cost us already, the taxpayer? Oh, a lot. I just speak a lot. Hey, um, can we play you some audio of the baby swimming bridges? Because <laughs> we were listening before, and I was getting a hint of capital gains tax. <laughs> oh, that's what she's saying. <laughs> oh. So you get the feeling of it. So he actually called him Swimming Bridges, didn't he? That's why I included that piece. It's so good. It's very clever well done, from Matt Swimming Bridges. A, to lead him down the garden path like that, and B, to get a Swimming Bridges in Tremendous there. first question. Do you hate the baby? And the pause and the not immediately answering, of course not, no, yeah. was very telling. Yeah. But I think he did the right... I actually think he did the right thing. I didn't get any impression that it was... I thought there was a clever question in as much as, God, this baby is taking over... Everything. All the media. Mm. National can't get a look in mm. with um, yeah, 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 their yeah, policies. Yeah. yeah, I hate the baby. Mm. I hope a dingo eats your baby, oh, wow. as um, they said on Seinfeld. Um, so... <laughs> That was a quote, not a personal opinion. Okay, but he said, um, hate the baby, I don't hate it, I wish them all the best. Mm. He, he's covered with yeah, that Yeah, and actually that, um, that wasn't the bit that got him in trouble. It oh. was more the stuff about uh, the gender fluid dressing in babies' clothes, uh, dressing in boys' clothes, going to school, that type of thing. Um, I happened to be in the car flicking through radio stations, as I do, the morning that... Um, Matt and Jerry then played or debated for quite a while actually and finally decided to play in what they called the circle jerk. I think it was in it was a long 
segment of, I think, Monday morning. Mm. Anyway, here we are talking about them still, Graham. We might get on the radio show next Well, this week. is the most interesting piece because what we're, we're doing now is reviewing uh, and playing mm. uh, Matt and Jeremy, mm. who are reviewing and mm. playing... The rest of the media. The rest of the media. Yeah, and we who are, are the, who we're reviewing them. That's right. And we are the other media now. How long did this trail go on? Mm. This, I hope it gets to CNN. That'd be great. Yeah. Did you expect that? Yeah, okay. Well, here they are doing just that because we're, um, I don't know if it's completing the circle or making the line longer. Um, so the original uh, news show story was on Friday, and this is what they had to say on 3 News. Simon Bridges was speaking to Radio Hauraki this morning. He was goaded about the newly born baby of his political opponent. Do you hate the baby? But there's a right way and a wrong way to answer it. You just say no. <laughs> so I don't think it's going to do a lot to help my poll ratings. Just put it that way. The national leader thought he was safe. Nothing I say is going to make the news in the next fight. <laughs> <laughs> and he let rip, taking aim at the new parents' political views. And you know, just because there's pinko ideas in the parents, that doesn't mean the baby's taking those on board. The shock jocks mocking the rainbow community. People are saying that maybe this baby might be gender, should have been gender fluid. Bridges taking the bait. But basically, she should be going to school when she goes to school like in boys' clothes, right? Jenna Lynch, News Hub. I love how Jenna Lynch, my favourite part of that is to go, there's a right way and a wrong way to answer. You just say no. That is so, that's such weird media advice because if someone asks you sort of a stupid question like that, a comedic question, which was obviously making fun of the fact of, you know, bi you know partisan politics, that of course he doesn't hate the baby. Okay, and there was that thing in there where he says, nothing I say is going to make news for the next seven days. Yeah. That's a reaction to the baby being all the news. Exactly. I don't think he thought he was going to be... Still being talked about what, 10 days yeah. after the fact, like we are right now, Graham. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought it was just a comment on, well, the baby's all the news. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And then, you know, the baby at that point had only just been born and, of course, it was going to have to be the case that they were going to go home and was there was going to be the talk, name. So it would make the news. That's right. Yeah. Because also that happened in a vacuum and it was the vacuum of when mother and father and child were still at the hospital, hadn't yet left the hospital, we didn't have yeah. a name. And so the news was clinging on to anything baby-related. I'm see? wondering if Soyman was actually serious in saying that he wasn't, didn't think it was going to make the news. I, think, I thought it might have been a veiled comment that, oh, gosh, there's going to be a lot I of baby news. I think he wouldn't have been quite so cavalier. Okay. All right. We'll yeah, carry just on. Say, no. How weird would it have been if we'd said, do you hate the baby? And he'd say, No. And then on uh, yesterday, he was asked on the AM show uh, whether or not he should be apologising. Cinder Ardern's baby. I mean, did you, the comments that you made um, on Friday. Oh, I was incredibly light-hearted and intended that way in an interview on Radio Hauraki. But I wish Jacinda, uh, her, her partner and little Neve, all the very best. Just absolute happiness. And uh, then he featured on uh, Radio New Zealand. Let's also talk a little bit about your comments that you made on Radio Hauraki on Friday. Do you owe the Ardern Gayford family an apology? No, I think it's an incredibly light-hearted interview. I mean, as I made clear there, and let me make it clear, really clear now. Was it light-hearted banter, or was it actually just casual discrimination? 
No, not at all. I think it's a very light-hearted uh, interview, and I, I would encourage Push people who want to. I suspect uh, RNZ listeners are not uh, necessarily listening to Hauraki at the same time to go and listen to the interview there in full. But then uh, last night I thought, well, that's probably the end of it, surely. But uh, look what happened. The news show again, right? Well, we can actually say this at the same time. Uh, at that time, we probably thought that might have been the end of it as well, Jeremy. Mm. At around about ten past six. Simon Bridges is refusing to apologise for calling Jacinda Ardern a pinko and saying baby Neve will go to school in boys' clothes. Bridges thinks he's been taken out of context and people should listen to the whole interview. Oh, thanks, Mike McRobot. Yeah, the yeah, Ruru. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ruru. <laughs> Oh, well, pardon me, I'm laughing. I thought the whole thing was quite funny. I know. Yeah. And then it happened. Uh, there's more. TV One Breakfast. Here we go. The team now knows... Oh, stop it. No, that's Do you not. think that possibly you misspoke when you were on Radio Hodaki with, with Jeremy Wells, etc.? Yeah. It can lead you down the garden path a bit. It's sure. I think it's incredibly light-hearted, and I think you know people listening to the full context of that would see it. Some people might say that, though, you were taking the mickey out of gender fluidity when you said that um, her having a, a female was, was, was mm. PC, mm. good for the Labour government, and that um, also that she might wear boys' clothes to school. No, I think it's incredibly light-hearted. And look what... So, yeah, he went all week with it was incredibly light-hearted. Well, he needed a bit of line. Yeah, he did. Actually. He did. But it shows that you... Can't you take a joke might have been a better response. Yeah, because that puts him in the difficult area of having to um, defend joking about something which is not in... Uh, the, the, the 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 gentle public discourse of the universities and the mm. um, a, a lot of institutions mm. about gender fluidity. <sighs> oh, far out. Anyway, there's more. Not on that. We'll leave that there? Yeah, leave that there okay. for now. There might be... I, I really hope that we can continue this conversation, though. Yeah. <laughs> I got a conversation in there, Graham. You did? Oh, I should have the... Where's the counterbell? You must keep a track of these things. OK. <clears throat> uh, Music 101, yesterday on National Radio. Ah. Uh, what's his name? Alex Bean was talking about hip-hop. These are edited bits, but I'm certainly, I'm very sure. I'm confident I'm not picking them out of context in any way. Uh, just talking about the morality of an artist compared with their artwork. The last six weeks or so in hip-hop has been pretty fascinating, and it's also throwing up a lot of very 2018 questions, and we're going to discuss some of them here. Because of the death of the 20-year-old rapper XXXTentacion, who was accused of some pretty awful, awful things towards women. And it raised a lot of questions as to uh, what an artist has to do to be cancelled in the modern world. How is R. Kelly still out there? Now, I just wanted to interject at this moment the word cancelled. How does one become cancelled? I don't know. Who does the cancelling and who has the power to cancel? Who decides why one would cancel? And what does cancel mean? Selling albums and going on tours. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I open this by playing the new Drake song, which has got a Michael Jackson sample, the current King of Pop sampling the old King of Pop. And I've got to say, I've been a Michael Jackson fan my whole life. I, I cried the day he died. And I've been wondering, 
to myself lately how long I can turn a blind eye to some things he may or may not have done. And you're right, there were musicians in the 60s. I'm thinking about things Elvis Presley did. I'm thinking about things Charlie Chaplin did. Society, we, we seem to turn a blind eye if you're incredibly talented at one thing to other uh, things that may be in your closet. I wonder if I'll ever be able to cleanly enjoy Michael Jackson again. I'm a bit speechless. I, I'm a little speechless as well uh, because he... Is this a bit like, you know, you can't have um, Huck Finn? Can't read Huck Finn? It's a bit like Needs that. to be censored. We haven't finished with this, have we? Oh. No. Um, look, Albert Einstein, he was pretty much a rotter to his first wife and his kids. Oh, Does E still equal MC squared Relativity. Or not? Yeah. <laughs> um, I th immediately thought of Caravaggio, mm. the painter, mm. Italian. Mm. Um, God, he's a good painter. I went and saw a Caravaggio a couple of weeks ago. A couple of months ago, pardon me. Um, he murdered somebody. Did he? In cold blood. Well, it was a fight. It was a murder. They hunted him down, arrested him. Uh, that, that's pretty bad. That's pretty out there on the moral scale, don't you think? Mm. And our friend who was on um, the Music 101. Alex. Alex. Where's my thing? Here. Um, this is all about hip-hop. Who was the number one sampled hip-hop artist of all For the remainder of his life, James Brown was repeatedly arrested for domestic violence. Adrian Rodriguez, his third wife, had him arrested four times between 1987 and 1995 on charges of assault. In January 2004, James Brown was arrested in South Carolina on a domestic violence charge after Tommy Ray Heine accused him of pushing her to the floor during an argument at their home where she suffered scratches and bruises to her right arm and lip. Later that year, in June 2004, James Brown pleaded no contest to the domestic violence incident but served no jail time. Instead, Brown was required to forfeit a 1,087 bond as punishment. Good luck out there. I dare people to find a good hip-hop art, a really good one, a seminal one. Yeah. That hasn't been in some trouble. Mm. Uh, the best ones from the 80s, <laughs> the 70s so, yeah. and 80s, yeah. were gangsters and drug dealers and got shot and killed. Mm. I mean, you're talking about hip-hop. Now, in the, in the current climate, as in the 2010s, you could have hip-hop artists that haven't potentially grown up look, with that, look, that, would that be kind nice. of background. But we have to... The art compared with oh, the life. Don't. That's why I brought up Caravaggio. Don't. Are his paintings any good? Yes. Mm. Was he a nice man? No. Beethoven, do we throw Beethoven out? Well, he was Jeff Graham. You can't say anything oh. untoward about him because he's got a disability. All right, yeah. Um, no, I was hearing, listening to something recently talking about Little Women and saying that it was an inappropriate book for our time. Did, was this, did I give you this? 
No, I just thought I'd play this. This gets played in stadiums all around the world. Cracking song. Had to do it. So, anyway. Anyway, little woman being uh, complained about, and it's like, if you take it in the context of it was written within a decade after slavery... of course it's inappropriate for our current climate and our current era, you know. Oh. But it's history. It's, but it's history, exactly. Tro- it's, and it's literature, yeah, isn't it? it is. Okay, we have a couple of pieces. You've pointed me to, to them. We may as well get them off our chests. Uh, and We're just having a right old bash of the social justice warriors. Because story. this stuff is stupid. Yeah. Uh, Tracy Ullman, take oh. it over, please. So she's got a show on the BBC and there's lots of clips that are online and it's just worth seeking them out because she's just good. Okay, everyone, welcome. This support group is for people who are so woke. Woke means really aware of social issues according to intersectional feminism and the modern strategies of oppression. They're finding it impossible to have any fun at all. We have somebody new with us this week, so would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, Hi, I'm Oscar. Uh, I think like a lot of you guys, for me it started with the little things. Signing an online petition, going to a march. Well, I mean, before I knew it, I was was writing to The Guardian about LGBT representation in the Harry Potter books. Which is shocking, by the way. All right, Lily. We've all read your blog. Don't worry, Oscar. You've come to the right place. All of the young people in this room are ruining their lives by being overly virtuous. That's actually a microaggression to say young people because it carries subconscious bias towards the elderly. Actually, what you're doing is denying agency to the elderly, which is arguably much worse. This this is what I'm talking about. You see, it's a slippery slope. One minute you're carrying a reusable water bottle, and the next minute you're arguing that water is racist. Oh my God, is water racist? No, no, it's just an example. Right, how did you guys get on with the homework that I set you? Guys isn't an especially inclusive term. Not now, Jamie. By homework, do you mean having to watch that old people sitcom? It's called Friends, Lily, and you were supposed to watch it and enjoy it. Well, I try, but I find it deeply problematic. Why? Well, there's the homophobia, the transphobia, the fatism and the slut-shaming, and could Chandler be any more annoying? You can't go through your 20s worrying about every aspect of everything. You have to pick your battles. And just remember that it doesn't really matter, because by the time you hit your 30s, most of you are going to be massively right-wing anyway. Have any of you started to think that maybe poor people don't deserve benefits? No. Well, watch out for that one, because that's how it starts. Look, I understand this has all been a bit much for some of you, so let's take five and have a hobnob. I find the word hobnob very phallocentric. Fuck off, Jim. Lovely. Um, and maybe the best at this, and he might be saving the world, depending on your point of view, is Jonathan Pye. It's longer than the, some of the usual things we play, but I think he's worth it. I've shortened it down a bit. Is that yeah, okay? Yeah, Go yeah. Go for it. We'll just get the whole cluster out here. So here's a return of surf. Jonathan Pye, you can find him on YouTube. Well, it's a beautiful day, so we're up on the studio roof. Today we'll be discussing Laura Ingalls Wilder, author of The Little House on the Prairie books, whose name has been removed from a writing award because her books display stereotypical attitudes and contain racial language. Well, duh, of course they do. 
These books, they're based on the author's childhood between 1870 and 1894. That's like five years after slavery was abolished. The books were written during the Jim Crow laws. It's almost as if cultural norms aren't fixed and changed with the passage of time. Who is this helping? No one. No one needs protecting from Little House on the Prairie. Or, for that matter, the racially charged language of Huckleberry Finn or To Kill a Mockingbird. What does this achieve? Who does this help? Stop sanitising and denying the past to make yourself look good. I'm sick of it. It's utter bullshit. And it's f***ing everywhere you look. We live in the most inclusive, progressive, diverse, prosperous society ever in human history, yet we behave as if we've never had it so bad. We're told that there is prejudice wherever you look because there aren't enough female biographies on Wikipedia or enough BAME cyclists on the road. Apparently, the biggest challenge to London cyclists is not safety, it's diversity. We used to react to prejudice. Now we actively seek it out, often where it doesn't exist. Google has taken the egg out of its salad emoji to make it more inclusive for vegans. Is there a single vegan in the world that feels triggered or oppressed or unrepresented by a salad emoji with an egg in it? What does this achieve? Who does this help? My generation, right, we've, we've never really had to fight for much. Uh, gay rights certainly has come a long way in my lifetime, but, I mean, we never had to fight for the votes. We never had to fight in a war. You know, my grandmother watched the Battle of Britain taking place above her house. Nazis in planes over her house attempting to invade our country. Actual Nazis. I'm not talking Trump voters. Actual Nazis. Recently, you had Vogue magazine saying tackling women's issues today is harder than women's battle for the vote. You pampered, privately educated c**ts. The suffragettes went on f***ing hunger strike. Emily Davidson sacrificed her life. Wearing a Louis Vuitton black dress on a red carpet is not the same as jumping in front of a f***ing racehorse. Stop demonstrating how f***ing worthy you are. Look at this. Look at this. It's, it's everything, right? What's this? I'd like a skinny latte, please, with one pump of sugar-free hazelnut syrup. Would you like it in a cup that publicly displays that you're happy with the notion of same-sex couples having the right to... I just want a f***ing coffee, mate. Give me my f***ing skinny latte. We don't call it a skinny latte anymore, sir, because that phrase is considered fat-shaming. So I would just f*** off then. Peter Tatchell getting arrested in Russia, protesting their disgusting record on gay rights. I'm with you every step of the f***ing way. Putting a rainbow on a placemat in Wagamama's. Who is that for, exactly? Or are you just cynically hijacking an entire social movement to promote your chain of restaurants by wrapping your corporate brand in rainbow-coloured virtue to help you sell dumplings? Stop politicising my dumplings! This is just a corporate extension of this modern phenomenon of demonstrating how right on woke we all are. I, I see people who define themselves as anti-fascist on their Twitter profiles. Who isn't? I'm sorry, that's the default setting. It's not impressive to be anti-fascist. Imagine showing off about that. I am not a fascist. Good! What do you want, a f***ing medal? Not endorsing fascism is about as common as not endorsing fingering children, OK? Can we not just work from the assumption that most people, even people we don't like, aren't fascists? Vice magazine recently reviewed the trailer for the new live-action remake of Dumbo and said the trailer was, and I quote, cute and heartwarming and seemingly neither racist nor terrifying. News just in, the new Dumbo film probably isn't racist. What on earth made you think it would be? 
This, this is what identity politics does to you. It turns your f***ing head into blancmange. Pardon me. You can hear the whole thing on YouTube. Um, just look for Jonathan Pye. Uh, Tamar Munk will be with us again after this commercial break. You're tuned in. To Graham Hill's Weekend Variety Wireless on Radio Live. They, don't, so they say on radio if there's something really good going on at the same time, don't tell people. Well, why would we want to di diminish humanity's enjoyment of life? Uh, Dance with the Stars is um, on, it's the final. Uh, anything to update? Yeah, tomorrow? Chris Harris has a perfect score from the judges of 30. Oh, and get out. Jess Quinn and Sam Hayes are both on 29 out of 30. Are they really the greatest dancers in the freaking world? Apparently so. Oh. Um, I'd also just like to say that when you're talking about a deceased rock star or Which musician of, of any flavour, yeah. Michael Jackson, for instance, to not listen to the music now when the person is dead, I mean, let's presume it's about purchasing the music or streaming the music yeah. and those royalties are going. So in essence, you are punishing his descendants All right. for his assumed... Heather Mills, Paul McCartney. Should we not stream Paul McCartney because of the allegations? I mean, come on. I know. Now. Yeah, she went to court and just played that tune of his. <laughs> I used to be cruel to my woman. I beat her and Was kept her away from... Oh. <laughs> the evidence. Anyway, anyway, shut Sorry. up. Okay, uh, I've noticed something... Uh, it's, it's a thing that's happened in the documentary world because I spend a lot of my time in documentary enclaves on the net and when I'm on Sky on Sky. Mm. Um, and it's the advent of the Yell doc documentary. Mm. Really good subject, fabulous access, but you've got some macho twit that l looks like he's always wanted to be in the military running oh. around with some, usually a beard of some sort, a small one, not a... Millennial a, beard. Yeah, 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 yeah. And getting really excited about how amazing everything is. Stop it. And you'll notice everything goes bang. He's just walking around Rome. I'm not kidding you. This is the underworld cities. Oh. Pollution, crime, fire. Well, ancient Rome was no different. So when Emperor Augustus saw what was happening to his city, he acted quickly. He cleaned up the river, he built roads and aqueducts, and he started one of the world's first fire brigades. Today, you can still see evidence of how Augustus changed the city. But sometimes, you have to dig deep to find it. Bang! What is with the Mission Impossible music? It all has to go bang. And you have to be walking really fast as though you're running away from it's, it's, ISIS. It's the complete... You just want Philomena Kunk, don't you? Yeah, exactly. you just, It's the antithesis of a British landmark yeah. history documentary. I played that because he's not the only one. There are quite a few of these out there now. Science is amazing. Okay. Is that mainly American? Uh, I think with the stars, David Seymour, you were there when this happened. 
What was the first thing that went through your mind when you found that your partnering David Seymour? Did you know anything about him? Did you Google him? So I was so excited to be on Dancing with the Stars, you know, as a dancer, this is a huge opportunity mm. for me. Mm. And I thought, yes, I'm going to get the sports guy because I've got a background in sports. Um, and then David walked through the door. <laughs> and I was gutted. <laughs> to be fair, I just thought, oh, I'm going home week one. You know? um, and then I did, I jumped on Google and, you know, no one really likes him. He's a, you know, politician, rah rah And I thought, oh, but, you know, I couldn't have been with anyone better because I wouldn't have been here for the nine weeks and had the amazing time yeah. I've had if I had anybody else. And it, and it turns out that lots of people do like him. Yeah. There for nine weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Although, a lovely article you pointed me to from a 14-year-old. Yes. Uh, on It was actually initially on spin-off and then went to the News Hub and it was from a 14-year-old basically saying why they voted for... David Seymour. It's a great piece. You can you can put the link on the Facebook page, can't you, Graham? Yeah, I can. It just says basically it's hate watching. Yeah. This yeah. is fun. We'll yeah. keep the idiot on. We've yeah. got some power. Absolutely. And they are the champions of social media, so they can just herd together massive flocks. And they, I think that, you know, they were happy to spend two or three bucks per text vote. Obviously, didn't get him into tonight's final. No, But didn't. got him through nine weeks of the show. But that's playing... As the worst dancer yeah. ever. That's, Absolutely. That's how the 14-year-olds like to play. They play cat and mouse. They, they keep him on to look stupid and then... Yep. Hit him on the head. Exactly. Nah, you've gone now. So good. Yeah, good one. Uh, James Mustapich. I don't know how to say his name, but God, he's good. He does these things on uh, the, the spin-off media. Yeah, so these are. this is now part of the spin-off TV show, which has been on for a couple of weeks, and um, I actually was watching it on demand and caught this, and... oh. Made me laugh. Yeah. Highlight of the episode for me. He's very good. Well done, James. Yeah. Laconic, I think, is the mm -hmm. style. And knows his pop culture and is funny as all hell. I think he's good. This is going into Shortland Street uh, archives. Yeah. Just Basically what happened. Just beautiful nutshells yeah. of what happened. It's got a segment called Repressed Memories where he just delves into historical pop culture in New yeah. Zealand. Search it, you'll find them. Repressed memories. Lovely. That's not all that happened to the Jeffries family in 2009, though. Yvonne was in a bank robbery with a guy called Ben. She tried to stop the robber, who had a grenade, by the way, just by telling him off. You should be ashamed of yourself. Nice try. Chris also dated Libby Jeffries in 2009. He took her to a lot of fancy restaurants. Unfortunately, Libby broke her shoe at one of them one time. My poor little shoe. Gary, could you do me a favour? Can you get me another pair in this size? This is a restaurant. Are you asking me to leave my job, go down to number one shoe warehouse, come back, here's some Crocs, bitch, bon appetit. Is that what you're asking? I just add it to my bill. Things actually took a very dark turn for Harry in 2009 when he was recast. Harry and Chris left for Italy and when they came back, Harry was played by a completely different actor. Look what Libby's done. It's cool. I feel like Chris just went to Italy, found a better child. He's like, see ya. Uh, so good. Yeah, it is good. And that's some work to get that research into the archives to find those bits. Yeah. Or, 
yeah, at least do the searching and fit what he says over the top. But Neo does a lovely, lovely job. It's just very good. I, w- I want more. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to say about that? Dancing with the stars or no, whatever? No, I feel like we're, they're just going to keep us going. They're, they're in an ad break now, everybody. I feel like there's going to be some kind of announcement in the next five minutes. The 14-year-old who wrote the brilliant, really beautifully, beautifully writ- written. Beautifully written. Yeah. I, like, I'm fine. You can vote as many times as you like for David Seymour if you can write like that. Yeah. Uh, I'd Tom- give you extra pocket money. Thomas Semple, well-written, beautiful article on the social reasons why uh, David Seymour went so far with Dancing with the Stars. Our New Zealand accent of the week this week is, unsurprisingly, Simon Bridges with... I was incredibly light-hearted and intended that way in an interview on Radio Hierarchy. But I wish Jacinda, uh, her, her partner and little Neve, all the very best. Just absolute happiness. Correct. Weekend Variety. Wireless. Yeah, and sceptical thoughts after nine o'clock. Susie Wiles is in and come on down, literally. Building 7 at 9.11. I don't think we've done anything on 9.11 things in all the years of doing sceptical thoughts. Um, But it's making its debut tonight. Uh, And on top of that, of course, uh, a psychic pet and who'd have thunk it? A cure for cancer. It's nine o'clock.